Hello and welcome to K-Pop Corner, a safe and fun space where we get to talk about our all-time favorite thing, K-Pop. My name is Maria and I'm usually here with Layla. But as you may know, Layla is currently in London living her absolute best life. I am so happy for her and not at all jealous. So I will be doing the episode half solo, kind of. And today's episode is honestly, oh my god, the research this episode took. I am not kidding when I tell you this episode took probably a week of research and never in my life did any of K-Pop Corner's episode take me this long. But this one, my god. And it's, I want to say it's a beginner's guide. It's a beginner's guide to a beginner's guide. Like that's how basic the level of this episode is so if i make any mistakes i am so sorry please don't come for me go at my boss at john kirby because he was the one who helped me with this quite a lot because he studied this and today's topic is our guide to song anatomy so if you guys don't know my favorite podcast in the whole world ever is ask me about k-pop And Shannon and Angelica, the hosts, are so good at dissecting songs and just like pick out specific elements in the song that they like. And they always talk about this thing called falsetto. And I'm just here like, what the hell is a falsetto? So this is literally the reason why I did the research for the episode. Just because I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about when I'm like talking about a song. And when someone tells me, oh... The falsetto is great. I'll be like, I 100% know what you're talking about. So yeah, this is basically what the episode is. So what we're going to talk about mainly today is just a list of musical terms and characteristics that will help you sound like you know your shit and you know what you're talking about when you're like trying to criticize a song. We're going to break it down into music elements, song structure, and the different ways of singing. I know, I can't believe I am like talking about music theory 101. But wow, when I tell you the respect I have for anyone who studied music theory or slightly understands it, I did biomedical sciences. And this was by far more complicated than anything I've done in my four-year of university course. Wow. So the first thing we're going to talk about is music elements. And what is that? It's basically the properties of a song. So if this were like a biology class, I would say the structure is the organ and the elements are like the tissue that make up the organs or the cells. I might be wrong, but this is what like my my brain processed. And there are mainly seven elements of a song. So you have rhythm, melody, harmony, timbre, dynamics, texture and form. And I'm going to give you an example of each of these terms so you kind of like can recognize it when you listen to a song and you can be like, oh, actually the timbre is a bit weird. But yeah, so the rhythm is the element of time in music. It has like anything time aspect of a song. So in a rhythm, you would have beat, which is the heartbeat of a song or like the pulse, you can say. And what can help you like visualize not visualize kind of understand beat is just when you like 
tap with your foot and keeping up with the beat to like follow the structure of the song. And then you have tempo, which is the speed of the beat. So is it like slow, medium, fast, da 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 da? Okay, so let's give you examples of tempo. So we have 60 beats per minute, which sounds like. And a perfect example of a song with 60 beats per minute approximately is Bambi by Beckian. A slightly faster tempo would be like 100 beats per minute, which sounds like. And perfect examples of that are Replay by Shiny. Cinema by CIX. And I know you're probably wondering, Mara, what is the tempo of EXO's tempo? And I'll tell you, it is 116 beats per minute, which sounds like... And of course, we cannot skip the songs that you can perform CPR with, which is like 120 beats per minute. So this is what like you would do to save a life. And this is what it sounds like. And perfect songs for that are... Look by GOT7 And Mr. Chu by A-Pink Imagine someone fully passed out and you're just like Mr. Chu is a They'll thank you later So now we're moving on to like much faster um, tempos, so you have 164 beats per minute, which sounds like. And a perfect example for that would be Weekly's After School. Seventeen's Rock With You. So this is when it starts to get kind of difficult to find songs with beats like this. Um, and it's like 175 beats per minute, which is quite fast. And it sounds like... And the, a song that I found as an example that follows that beat, uh, sorry, that tempo, is Time of Our Life by Day 6. Now, this is the fastest tempo or beat that I could find in K-pop. And there's this, basically there's this website where you would look up every song and it would give you every characteristic of it. And it's called, oh my god, I can't find it now, but I'll put it in the description of the episode. But the fastest song I could find, which would have a 208 beats per minute, which sounds like, is... Signal by Twice. Okay. 
with twice signal is that a lot of people say it's actually 104 beats per minute because they're having the you know the 208 tempo but i don't really know to me it sounds really fast like not the actual singing but when you listen in the background you can hear that you know oh i did that really poorly i'm so sorry so this is beat and tempo. I don't want to get into meter too much because I personally don't really understand it. So let's just move on to the next aspect, which is the melody. So what is a melody? You always hear people being like, oh my God, the melody of the song. The blah, 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 blah. What are you even saying? I will tell you. So the melody is the presentation of a pitch, which is like how high or low the musical sound is. And it consists of pitch and duration. And Pitch is the actual audio vibration of the instruments or the vocals, while duration is the time each pitch takes to sound, like a whole note. You know what I mean? Like half a note, whole note, quarter note, da-da-da-da. So melodies can be made from different scales, which is like kind of the emotional center of the song. This is what many like genuinely research papers said, but my previous boss... Um, who who studied all of this told me this is like a really outdated term so i don't really know who to trust from what i understood from my simpleton non-music theory um thinking brain is that melody is basically what you would hum kind of if you're trying to like sing a song but you don't really know what you're saying so you hum it but in terms of like the emotional aspect of it or like what scale or key it follows this gets a little bit more complicated but to simplify it i would say think of a piano and like how you would go a scale for example so some of these go minor or major um so it's just like hitting different keys on the piano just think of it that way but basically melodies follow scales and you would have like a major scale which sometimes people describe more for happier sounding songs and then you have a minor scale which is like sad bitch hour evil songs vibe and this is just a very very general term this isn't usually the rule at all but like this is what i found from research so an example of a song that follows a major scale and sounds happy is bts's permission to dance which is an A major key with 125 beats per minute. And another song that has the exact same key but in minor is Soyon's Psycho, which is an A minor key at 83 beats per minute. so another example of that is an f scale so twice as handle it is an f minor scale at 86 beats per minute and this is what it sounds like And 
Another song using the exact same scale but in major is Red Velvet's Queendom at 120 beats per minute. but like in different like major minor but it gives you a completely different feel to the song but then again like my boss said this isn't usually the rule because you have songs that have a flat or minor scale but it sounds extremely happy for example txt's blue hour has an e flat minor scale at 112 beats per minute and it sounds like opposite of that is exo's universe it has an e flat major scale and it sounds like it even more simply when we say like oh, a major scale or a minor e flat blah, blah, blah whatever we're just using the keys like different combinations of the keys within that specific scale and like they create different combinations and obviously creates the different sounds and the different feels within the song but then again according to john kirby it is all bullshit and it's just Whatever feel you get is the feel you get. It doesn't depend on if it's like a major scale or a minor scale. But I thought it was interesting. (laughs) The next thing I want to talk about in music elements is the harmony. And what is harmony? Harmony is just basically when you put it all together. For example, like in an orchestra, if you would hear a flute do its own like kind of note or whatever, and then a violin and a viola and a cello, when you put them all together, this is like your harmony. You know, it all sounds like great. So this is when like it got really complicated. And luckily I got loads of help from people who under- like genuinely understand and study music theory. So there are two types of harmonies. You have a consonant harmony and a dissonant harmony. Consonant harmony is basically something that sounds just like nice together and like it just all sounds like it fits, which is basically mostly everything that you listen to. It doesn't sound like, oh, this is a bit off. Consonant harmony is just a fancy term of normal, typical harmony that we all know that it just sounds pleasant and smooth and nice put together. And I would put an example, but that would literally require me to put every single thing. It's just what sounds right in your ears just like oh okay they all kind of fit together nothing clashes but the other aspect of harmony which was extremely interesting and i've never heard that term ever is dissonant harmony and dissonant harmony is just something that like it doesn't sound off but it just like they kind of clash and i would say it kind of reminded me a lot of jazz um i don't know if the word sounds off is the correct way to describe this like but what i know is that they use different keys from different scales at the same time so that's what gives it that kind of sound 
I think. An example of that would be EXO's Diamond. Another example of a band that I say are huge fans of this term is NCT and their song Running To You. So what I discovered about myself is that I don't really like this sound and it's like a common theme whenever I hear songs that have this kind of dissonant harmony. I immediately go like, Spotify, never show me this song ever again. So the next element in music that I would talk about is timbre. I'm not going to dive too much into it, but it's just basically the tone of the sound and like the material, how it sounds like. You can use it to describe vocals, like is it strong, shallow, intense? Like when someone sings, oh, their vocals are really clear or oh, it's very breathy, he has a really husky voice, it's intense or strong. So when you use these words, you are describing the timbre. So there you go. Okay, last few. So dynamic. Dynamic is just the volume of the song, the loudness of it how loud soft it is and an example of that that i personally found so i don't know if it's right but beautiful beautiful by on and off the beginning they sound really really loud like and then towards the end they kind of go softer and they sound like this so i'm not really gonna dive into texture as well because it is also very confusing and i still to this day don't understand it despite all this reading um but i found that it's often described mostly for instruments um like how for example when you play a flute you can play only one note at a time whereas for a piano you can play multiple tone multiple notes at the same time so this is kind of like the number of melodies and how they interact with each other this is texture so that is exactly why i'm not gonna dive into it but now you know and finally we have form which is basically the structure of a song which you can think of is chapter two of this episode. So what is song structure? It's basically how a song is organized and the different secretions that it has. This is such a weird choice of words and I'm so sorry. But the typical song structure, which you would find like in basic, I guess, pop music is a verse, a chorus, verse again, chorus again, bridge, chorus, outro and this structure is known as a b a b c b so a is verse b is chorus and c is bridge this is basically what like the typical k-pop song follows so you have verse pre-chorus chorus verse which is usually sometimes a rap um pre-chorus bridge and maybe like you have a dance break chorus and then an outro but not always i found but this is like basic 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 structure and examples of songs that follow that structure are Darari by Treasure (laughs) 
The Feels by Twice. Deja Vu by 80s. And Lilac by IU. So again, this is just like the very general, traditional way of structuring a song or a K-pop song. Again, the diversity is insane. Not everyone follows this, but this is like the most basic form. And I think the most common form that you would find in K-pop songs. But of course, you have so many songs that break away from this traditional vibe. Some songs don't even have a chorus or like they have a chorus that's mainly an instrumental chorus or have a chorus that's like an anti-chorus. An example of songs that I would say have just an instrumental chorus are Starry Night by Mamamoo. Gashina by Sonmi. So the other type of chorus I was talking about, which is the anti-chorus or an anti-drop, is basically when the pre-chorus has a really high build-up and excitement and it's so strong and then out of nowhere it just like falls dramatically and it's really anticlimactic. And it's becoming really popular these days. And a perfect example of anti-choruses in K-pop are Deja Vu by Newest Easy by Ujo Sonia the Black Spider by Hoshi and Black Mirror by One Us. Actually, um, there's a whole playlist of anti-drops in K-pop songs. Thank you to the person who created this playlist because it is fantastic. Another thing that I found that they do quite a lot in K-pop in terms of chorus is that they would always try to change every chorus from the previous one. And a perfect example of that in my name, in my name, in my opinion is Call My Name by GOT7. And some change the whole key of the chorus. And an example of that would be Red Velvet's Feel My Rhythm. So here's the thing. YG really likes to stand out when it comes to song structure because they took this concept to a whole new level and introduced something that people call the YG party chorus, which is literally just like a really upbeat part of the song 
that's like where the dance break happens and it's literally in almost every single YG title track and it just like became their signature like that's why people call it the YG party chorus and examples of that are Blackpink's Kill This Love We must kill this love Yes, Big Bang's Bang Bang Bang. Treasures Jik Jin. And 21's I'm the Best. This is the YG party chorus for you. I think it's just like a dance break or something for YG artists to show off their dance skills, which they do perfectly well. Um, But yeah, it became known as just like a YG signature thing. So another interesting concept you would find in K-pop that I don't know if it's an actual term or a name, but I know um, Shannon and Helica from Ask Me About K-pop talk about this a lot and they called it the Frankenstein song while other people call it the Bohemian Rhapsody effect. And it's basically when a song sounds like it has different songs put all together in one, that it just sounds a bit weird. And it's becoming really popular these days. I don't know if you like saw or heard the Enmix debut song, but basically this is what it's like. And perfect examples of that would be Espa's Next Level. I'm on the next so you see how like it sounds like two completely different songs another example which i personally love is txt's eternally and finally the song that i think gave birth to this whole phenomenon is girls generations i got a boy But yeah, honestly, the list is very long when it comes to like Bohemian Rhapsody effect in K-pop songs or like Frankenstein songs. I don't know what you want to call it. Honestly, I don't think there is a term for it, except that it's a mess, but a beautiful mess if you do it right. And finally, we got to the last part of this episode, which is the reason why I am doing all of this and why I did all this research. And it is... The different ways of singing. So according to Encyclopedia... Actually, I literally... Okay, I'm not kidding. I went on Google Scholar and I put like Music Theory 101 or just like Types of Singing 101 on Google Scholar. And I got all these like random ass research papers and it was... (laughs) I don't know how to 
tell you, it's such a nightmare to go through, but I feel like I know something now. But anyway, these are the different ways of singing according to this like fucking book published in God knows when. I forgot. Honestly, I did the research for this a very long time ago. But anyway, the different ways of singing are you have speech, falsetto, sob or cry. You have nasal twang, oral twang, opera and belt. Woohoo! So what do each of these mean? And can I give you an example? Well, I will try to give you an example. But if it's incorrect, please um, contact John Kirby because it's his fault. But anyway, so you have the speech or speak singing. And it's basically they sing in their speech voice or kind of like they sound conversational. And it's very common in jazz or rap or musical theater or punk music. And for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to use Changbin's rap verse as an example of speech or speak singing. And to be fair, this, I think, is my favorite rap verse from like fourth gen ever. Now, I don't know if this is speech singing or actual like singing, but it sounds conversational to me. With like a little bit of like melody in there. So maybe I am right. If I'm not, please let me know. <sighs> and the second way of singing is the reason I did this whole episode. And it is falsetto. And now when Shannon and Helica say, oh, his falsetto is really fantastic. I'll be like, I know what the fuck you guys are saying. And I agree. So what the hell is a falsetto? A falsetto is a term that only applies to men. It is... Singing notes that are higher than their normal range. And it's usually higher by, by like an octave. But yeah, and it only applies to men, except like, according to John Kirby, there are some women are capable of doing it, but it's not as common. So an example of falsettos would be TXT's Fairy of Shampoo. <laughs> Chinese Jonghyun Moon. And N Hypens Go Big Go Home. you fucking know what a falsetto is and it's just them singing softly like an octave higher and a sob or cry is like a very emotional way of singing it sounds like they're crying and it's like a way to connect with the audience but i really think this is like kind of preference like if you listen to it and it sounds like they're about to cry then that's on you um but i don't really know good examples of this the only one i could think of is jin from bts and his solo epiphany but yeah i don't know to me it sounds very sobby and cry these are words but I couldn't like I couldn't think of any other. 
the only other example I could think of was in Jackson's Leave Me Loving You. And it's literally the last bit where he sings Leave Me Loving You. And the way he says you sounds like very shaky. In the morning, I need a warning. Leave me loving you. I don't know. Jackson, listen, darling, I'm sorry. <laughs> also, have you seen his Coachella stage? I'm actually so proud of him. Well done. Well, anyway, the last one we say, the last three. Okay, so nasal or, or oral twang. So it kind of sounds like the, they sound really nasally when they sing or they sound like it's, you know? What the paper, what the research paper described it as is air leaving through your nose instead of mouth. Um, and that's the nasal twang. Whereas an oral twang is a brighter and more cartoony in nature. So what I could think of is basically like oral twang is very girl groupy sound when, you know, they sound a bit too much like bubblegummy aegyo. Whereas a nasal twang, I'm not really sure about that, but the person I could think of is Momo from Twice. Like she has a very nasally sounding voice. Also, Hanse from Victon. Then again, these aren't like precise. They're just like my interpretation of what these elements or terms sound like. And this term is opera. And I'm pretty sure we all know what opera is and sounds like. But let me tell you, yes, there is an example in K-pop. And it's an excellent example. And it is from Pentagon's latest album. Perfect album. Please listen to it. Album of the year. Fantastic. And it is Gino singing in the game. Nah, I'm sorry. My man did that. Wow. I love the game so much. I don't know how they came up with the song, but it's just the villain era song I need. Thank you, Pentagon. And thank you, Cube. The only time you'll ever hear me say these words. And finally, the last, the last term to describe vocals is belt. I feel like if you're from the States, you kind of already understand what belting is. Whereas I had no fucking clue what belt means. Because belt in for me sounds like, oh, the item that you use to tighten up your pants. It is not. Belt is the loud kind of yelly singing, but not really. So the way this described it is that they use their chest voice, um, but with like the low powerful vibrations. Wait. Let me read that again. What the fuck did I just say? So it's you taking the power of your chest voice, like your powerful low vibrations from your chest, and combining it with your head voice so it sounds higher and softer part of singing. Ah, okay, that makes sense. So it's the highness of your head voice combined with the power of your chest voice. But perfect examples of belting in K-pop is Red Velvet's Dum Dum. Oh, 
Brave Girls Rolling. Oh my god. Now you can go and criticize a song and sound like you know what the hell you're talking about. Wow. And again, if I made any mistakes, please let me know nicely because I will cry. But honestly, if you know someone studying music theory, please go and give them a hug and just like some hot chocolate or something because they deserve it. The amount of brain power that this took is insane and this just made me respect music producers so much because the amount of thought that goes into producing a song is insane but yeah this was basically it and i hope i didn't bore you too much with this um but yeah i basically did this episode just so i can understand what people are talking about but yeah i'm gonna put all the links that i've used for this episode in the description and i can literally put this um document in the description of the episode as well if you want to go over them and we will put some playlists on for examples of like anti-drops and anti-choruses again thank you to everyone who helped me out with this because i generally had no fucking clue what i was talking about 99% of the time i feel like i now know like 90% no wait i know 10% of what i'm talking about like i gained I gained knowledge and I hope you gained some as well. And again, I am so sorry. Hopefully Layla will be back next week. Um, She's just enjoying her time in London. And um, sorry, we've been absent. It's just Ramadan is really difficult to kind of record without drinking any water and then editing and all that. Like genuinely fasting brain is a real thing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be Eid next week. So Eid Mubarak in advance. Um, please stay safe. Enjoy the food. Have coffee and drink water if you've been fasting. Ugh. But in the meantime, stay healthy, stay the Lulu, and listen to K-pop. Bye.